Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you are here in person or joining us via the live stream, what a joy it is to be together and worship God this morning. If you're here in the sanctuary and you find yourself on the center aisle, I hope you know what to do. Grab that friendship register and sign it and please pass it down the pew. Thank you so much. Today is our fall launch Sunday, the official start of our ministry year. And immediately following our worship service, we'll celebrate with our fall picnic out on the front lawn. So please plan to stay and enjoy fellowship together. And you may have noticed in the pew rack in front of you a new card. It is a prayer card. So we will be gathering your notes of praise and prayer requests during the worship service. This is new. So if you'd like for us to pray for you this morning or and or add an, add an item to our weekly prayer list, please fill out that card. And during the middle hymn, the ushers will come forward and collect those. So we're going to try this and see how it goes. So find that uh, prayer card, please. And now a special word from our church moderator, Susan Jones, and our former interim senior pastor, Reverend Dr. Jonathan White. Thank you, Ruth. Good morning, Mayflower. It is so great to see you all out there, people of all ages. We're so excited to see you. It's with great joy that we introduce our fall season filled with programs for all ages and our teaching series on the Book of Acts titled, Why Church? As many of you are aware, we're currently in the process of a pastoral search for a new senior pastor. In this interim time, we are thrilled to have both Reverend Ruth Bell Olson and Reverend Steve Armfield leading us as interim co-pastors. Ruth has been on our staff for four years here at Mayflower and it led us this summer through our Voices and Vision series. Steve comes to us from Second Congregational Church where he most recently served as their interim senior minister. We join Ruth and Steve in their excitement to see how God is going to use this season to grow us individually and collectively in our love for each other, our love for this church, and our love of God. Well, it's good to see everybody. It's also good to be able to go home after the service and watch the Browns. This is the day the Lord has made. A little bit more than a year ago, my former friend, Mark Barger Elliott, uh, who talked me into becoming the interim senior pastor. uh, Mark is a dear, always will be a dear, dear friend. Uh, I knew that Mark and Lynn had been looking at another call. I had been their reference. I talked to the House of Hope search committee And after talking with them, I had the feeling that I was going to be saying goodbye to a pastor who meant so much to me. Um, Little did I know, after he accepted the call, he called me and said, John, I want you to be the interim pastor. I want to put your name forward to the council. I said, no. (laughs) I just retired. He said, ponder it. He always said, ponder it. So I pondered, 
And he kept calling. After about the ninth time, I said, you know what? This is my church. Yes, I have to do it. I'll do it for a while. I will do it till Advent. That lasted until June 6th, the longest Advent in the history of humankind. (laughs) Now, in addition to this, I have never had a large church. I had a day job at Grand Valley State. I had tenure, so I didn't care if they fired me. And I had small churches where they either couldn't afford a pastor or couldn't afford a a full-time pastor. This was an 1,100-member church. Plus, before I went to seminary, I'd been on church council, and I know the types of problems that appear in large churches. So I called a new friend, the pastor emeritus of Westminster Presbyterian Church, Riley Jensen. And I said, Riley, do you remember me? I was your liturgist one day when you preached here at Mayflower. I'm the terrorist guy. And he said, yeah, the terrorist guy. I remember you. He said, okay, I have a request. I'm going to become the senior pastor, the interim senior pastor at Mayflower Congregational Church. And I've never had a large church. Um, I have a request Although I'm about to turn 70 years old, I need a mentor. I felt like Robert De Niro in the movie The Intern. Uh, And Riley laughed and said yes. And uh, our friendship deepened over the time. uh, And he really helped. He guided me every time I needed reassurance or some advice. Riley was there. Riley said to me, I have somebody I want you to meet. And I said, well, that, I would be happy to do that. And that's when he introduced me to my new friend, Stephen Armfield. Steve and I met just a few months ago, and I have to tell you, we hit it off immediately. Ruth, it was about the same when I first met you about four years ago. Um, Steve brings all types of gifts to us. He is warm-hearted, he is expressive, he is a pastor, and he is really allowing me, with Ruth, to retire. And I am so grateful, and I will be joining you out there, although I'll keep my robes here in case they need to go to the bullpen. But it is with deep joy that... I welcome the new co-pastorate. Ruth worked harder than I did. She should have been co-pastor long ago. Uh, That we start a new interim co-pastorate today with my new friend Steve and my old friend Ruth. And Steve and Ruth, may I ask you to come forward now? Golf injury. I've got to be careful. You're about to embark on a ministry here. You are about to be the pastors or continue being the pastor of this congregation. We are blessed to have you. I am blessed to call you friend. And now I would ask the congregation to join me in prayer as we ask God's blessing on these two fine people. Let us pray. Holy One, 
you have called some to be teachers, some to be workers with youth, some to lead choirs and to lead music, some to sing, some to serve on council, some to moderate, some to be business people, teachers, physicians, community leaders, activists. You have called us all to be ministers. But you also set aside people, not that their ministry is any better than the people in the church, but you set them aside so that they may perform the rites of the church. So Steve and Ruth come before you today, prepared to lead Mayflower Congregational Church in this sacred time In this joyous time, we give you thanks, and we ask, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you empower them, that you build them up when they are tired, that you strengthen them, that your love may flow through this congregation. And when the people behind me and sitting in the choir start to hurt, and that's the mystery of life because the hurts are coming. Give them the gentle spirit to comfort, to heal, to console, and to tell all of us how much you love us. And now we celebrate this kickoff Sunday. We celebrate this time of new ministry And I celebrate an old friend and a new friend. We welcome the co-pastorate and we welcome Steve. In your name, amen. God bless you. What a joy to have the choir back today. And this coming Wednesday, the children's choirs will also begin, and you have information about that in your midweek flyer in your bulletin. Um, The choir will be singing two contrasting pieces. Uh, During the offertory, we are acknowledging the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So a powerful work written by Rene Clausen, um, following 9-11, he wrote a major work called Memorial, which recounted all the happenings of that dreadful day. And the last piece in that major work is this Kyrie, which we've extracted. Um, it's a lament. It's a prayer for mercy. But in spite of all of that, or in addition to that, it's also a song of hope. But right now, the choir will sing the introit, uh, Scott and I talking about bringing the choir back. What is, what is a piece that, that reflects the joy and the exuberance of this moment? And Psalm 150, in this setting by Stanford, um, speaks of praising God in this space and everything that has breath, praising God.
The Lord proclaims through the prophet Jeremiah to the exiles words we can take to heart today. For surely I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. When you call upon me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. So come, let us seek and worship the Lord together.
Shall we pray? Oh God, your constant love reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the skies. Your righteousness towers like the mountains. Your justice is deeper than the sea. We all find protection under the shadow of your wings. We feast on the abundance you provide. You are the source of all life, and in your light we see light. And so here we are, Lord. We join our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, and we seek your presence among us. Draw near, O Lord, and reveal yourself to each of us as we worship you here in this sanctuary of blessing. In the name of our dear Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. Now is the time in our service that we invite all the children that are worshiping with us to come forward and join me on the front steps. It is so good to see all of you. So, in my hand, you guys can all look this way. I have a picture that is on our fridge. And in it, it has all of my family. It has my kids and my husband and me. And we're all together as a family. Well, the other day, I went to my son's football practice, and at the end of practice, all of the football players put their hands in the middle, and on three, they said, one, two, three, family. They're not brothers and sisters or moms and dads, but they all said the word family because they all are doing something together for a common good. They're all playing football as a team. They're caring for each other and they're working together. Now, as we look out into the pews in front of us, let's wave. Let's us wave and let's see if everyone waves back. Okay, now let's turn this way. Let's wave up here. 
Wave at the choir. Let's see. Oh, they're waving back too. Everyone that waved at you, they're part of your family. They're part of your church family. And can I tell you an amazing thing? We have not been together as a church family like this for 77 Sundays. 77 Sundays we have not sat together for children's message. We have not had the choir in the choir loft. We have not had all of our friends and family in the pews. And you know what you do when you come back together after not seeing each other for a really long time? You have a picnic. And guess what we're going to do today? We're going to have a picnic. It's going to be right out these doors, and we are going to eat together, and we're going to play together, and we're going to be together as a church family. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful that we get to come back together as a family that is dedicated and loving and caring for each other and walking with you, Lord. May you bless us this day as we have our picnic and we are a church family. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, our children for Bible Beginnings and Bible Alive will be going downstairs into the youth rooms. However, they will be picked up out front at the picnic after the service is done. So at this point, if you are four years old, five years old, or in kindergarten, stand up. Oh, these are all our Bible beginning friends, and you are going to go with Mrs. Coster. All right, so you can come this way, and then Mrs. Coster is going to take you downstairs to Bible beginnings. All of you other friends, you are Bible alive with Mrs. Orban. So all of you can stand up, and we will follow Mrs. Orban downstairs. Isn't that fun to have the kids back? (laughs) Um, Just a reminder, we're going to sing our hymn in just a second, but just a reminder, the ushers are going to be coming through. If you have a prayer card, please pass it to them. Thank you.
the scripture reading for this morning will be found on page 770, 770 in the Bible which you find in the pew rack. And if you'd like to follow the scripture reading there, just take note that I am reading from a different translation than appears in those copies of scripture. But follow it carefully, you'll catch on. Well, at least I hope you will. (laughs) So we are in Acts chapter 1, which is the beginning of the church. And in order to understand the opening verse, you need to know that the writer of the book of Acts also wrote the gospel according to St. Luke. And so he talks about his former book. And that's what he's talking about as the passage opens. And now beginning with the word of God. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering... He presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you've heard from me, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up in a cloud took him out of their sight. When he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and 
Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me say, first of all, it is a um, deep privilege and an honor to be with you here, even if it's for a brief time, to be part of the wonderful ministry of Mayflower Congregational Church. You have a marvelous staff. I've enjoyed getting to know the leadership team a bit, led by our moderator, Susan. Uh, She leads a team of dedicated servants. It's fun to be with Scott Bosher again. Scott and I were together for a number of years at a church about seven miles down Cascade Road. It's good to to, uh, be blessed by his ministry again. I'm humbled to work alongside Ruth, so gifted and gracious. And Jonathan, thank you for your kind words. Um, Jonathan has set the table so well. And actually, I'm going to blame this a bit on Jonathan. He, uh, you know, he brought up football today, if you noticed, I think a couple of times, actually. And, and uh, I was thinking early this morning, I feel a little bit like a replacement running back for the Wolverines or the Spartans or the Irish or the Browns. Yeah. Uh, you know, what we're into, I just have to say this. I'm sorry. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I love the Ducks. They went into Columbus and they beat Ohio State. It was, wow. All right. Michiganders have to approve of that for sure. Well, anyway, I feel like I'm kind of a replacement running back ready to receive the opening kickoff and just hoping and praying that I don't fumble the ball. I'm here temporarily because you haven't found the one that you're looking for yet, and the search committee I know is working hard, and that will be a great day. But I am surrounded by a team of stars, and it is a deep privilege for me. So it's the fall of 2021. This is a transition time. When Ruth and I and staff met over the summer to plan and to pray and to think about what might be good for us to look at in the fall, we thought, well, that question, why church? Why church? Because everything seems so different. I mean, how long has it been since you have gathered like this? When we ask the question, why church? A good place to begin is that book of Acts that tells the story, uh, the wonderful story of the unfolding of those early followers of Jesus. So I want you to imagine, if you, were, if you would, what it was like in the year 30 A.D. for 120 people. That was all. That was a whole church, not just the court of the church. That was it. 
and their lives are transitioning in an incredible way. It's chaotic, unpredictable, scary, and crazy. They have met Jesus, and He has changed their life. They have found new life in Him. And they have a compelling and gigantic calling that unfolds in an amazing way throughout this book of Acts. So we thought, why church? Mayflower Acts. And we look at this great book. Acts chapter 1, a portion was read for us just now, um, talks about this transition time. And our life is, well, it's really all about transition now, isn't it? At our staff meeting last week, Ruth led us around the, the table just to share kind of what was going on in our lives. And you know, for everyone, it was about these points of transition. Kids going off to college or kids entering middle school or parents moving or, or children reaching for the next step in their life. And some of us new, new to staff and, and to Mayflower like Kelvin and myself and others. All of us are aware, too, that this is a transition time for Mayflower Congregational Church. But not only for us here, for our nation, for our world. COVID has changed life as we know it. And it's still impacting the way we go about our everyday. The church has been incredibly different these past 18 months. And I want to say that you have done a great job of carrying on in worship, and in service to one another, and in your mission beyond the walls of this church and beyond this community. But now we're returning. Programs are being reignited in the hopes of finding a new normal of vibrant ministry. Uh, They are very much alive in the hearts of staff and leadership. It is a new day. And, of course, this weekend, We are remembering what happened 20 years ago when power, which is a topic that is very much alive in the book of Acts, but on that day, power was used to kill and destroy and spread hatred and fear. So in just a very few minutes, let's go quickly to the book of Acts. This first chapter introduces it to us. And see how these folks who are poised poised at the starting block of something that just is unknown to them, something dynamic and full of life that's going to spread across the Roman Empire and today all around the world. The opening scene is on the Mount of Olives, about a three-kilometer walk, a gentle jog for some of you from Jerusalem. And the last 40 days, wow, they've been so significant. They're just 40 days ago, that was about the 1st of August this year. And, you know, think of what's happened to you in, in that short span of time. But for these who are gathered there on the Mount of Olives with Jesus, they've seen Jesus betrayed and tried and crucified, dead and buried like the end. Not the end. He's risen. And he's meeting with them. And he's met with them a few times, including this very scene in Acts chapter 1. Their expectations of these 120 needs a radical readjustment. And that's often true in times of transition. For they are expecting to ride the coattails of Jesus 
to the summit of power and prestige. So they come with a question. Jesus, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? Will this be the great apocalyptic moment we've been waiting for throughout time? They think that they're going to have seats in the cabinet of some worldwide eternal kingdom. And the answer is no. Most decisively no. Don't even think about it, Jesus says. It's not for you to know. But here's what's up. He says, you know, I'm leaving. And you go back to Jerusalem and wait. And then after a while, you'll receive power. And then you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Okay. Judea, like the state of Michigan. Samaria. Ooh, Samaria. That's crossing the border. That's going to foreign land. That's going to outsiders and despised people. Yeah. And unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So think of the enormity of this transition. They have built their lives on Jesus. He's dead. No. He's alive. He's with us. No. He's leaving. Jesus says, for you, it's not going to be a kingdom of power over others. It's not going to be life of comfort and luxury and ease. None of that. So go home to Jerusalem and wait and see what happens to you. And so that's what they did. They go to Jerusalem and they all get together, it says. And we can kind of picture that. Uh, They apparently had a lot of picnics and gatherings and they met and they they did more than wave. They hugged and they embraced, they kissed and they, you know, they're in it together. And it's, it's interesting, in the first five chapters of the book of Acts, Ten times we see that phrase, that this small group is of one accord, of one heart. They're all together. I know that coming together in unity is a deep desire of the leadership of Mayflower Congregational. Now, we may have to define coming together in a new way today with technology and live streaming and all of that. But they are all together. And they're all included those who had been excluded. And their all is going to grow enormously. And there'll be folks in that all together who now are their enemies. Some of them will be their tormentors. Absolute strangers. People with crazy differences. People who never imagined that they would be close. But they were. You see, the church from the very beginning is God's alternative to the world's way of dividing and contending and fighting. So they go back to Jerusalem and they wait. And we'll pick up the story, the adventure, as we go forward from this brief introduction to the book of Acts. Why church? The church is a place where God's kingdom of love is lived out together. May Mayflower act with the patience and the prayer and the power that was found in the lives of those early followers. Praise be to God. Amen.
in this time of transition. We trust that God goes before us as God has since the first gathering of those believers so many years ago. One way to support each other and this church is by giving. So whether you give online, via text, or here in person in the sanctuary this morning, we acknowledge your generosity as a holy and sacred act of worship.
We dedicate these gifts, tithes, and offerings back to you, O Lord. We praise you for this act of worship, and we thank you for your continued provision. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I will lead us in our congregational prayer. Then we will sing the song prayer response, Spirit of the Living God. You'll find that uh, hymn number in your bulletin. And then we will conclude by praying the Lord's Prayer together in unison. So the ushers have gathered a few of those prayer cards with requests we'll be sharing this morning. Thank you for those. We also want to acknowledge the unspoken, unwritten prayers that many of you are holding this morning. It's an honor and a privilege to pray with and for one another. So let's join our hearts prayer. Lord, we celebrate being together this morning. There's so much energy in this place, and we're so excited to head out those doors to the picnic and have the time of fellowship, friends we haven't seen in a long time, and just being back together. It feels so good after 77 Sundays to have the choir and the kids and the programs. So it is with huge hearts of gratitude that we celebrate that. And we celebrate the life of Punch Brace this morning, the beloved sister-in-law and aunt, the Lovell family who would have almost been 87 years old and went through a journey of cancer, that this community and this congregation prayed so faithfully for her. We thank you for her life and her testimony as a Christian. We are so grateful. And, Lord, this morning there is a 15-year-old named Janine who is currently receiving a heart transplant after an unexpected illness. So, Lord, we ask for your hand of grace and mercy and healing on this precious 15-year-old who life has taken a very interesting turn, and what could be very, very scary, we pray for your peace, your absolutely supernatural, never-ending peace to settle on Janine and her family. And Lord, we have acknowledged this morning the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And for people in this room, some have been affected very greatly by that tragedy, others maybe not so much. But we can acknowledge as people and Americans, this event changed our lives in so many ways. And certainly for things like air travel, we do things differently than we did 20 years ago. And Lord, we're in this strange pandemic space that feels similar, that things are changing and some of those changes will stay. But Lord, we acknowledge that change can usher in beautiful things. When we open ourselves up to change, all kinds of things are possible. We want to be changed by you. We want to be changed more into your image. We want to be changed as people who love so well. So, Lord, we pray this morning for the kind of change that shapes us into your image. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to fall fresh on us.
and in the spirit of the living God, may we join not only our hearts but our voices together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
receive the benediction. May our lives honor the lives of those who have been lost those 20 years ago and all who have suffered in the wake of that terrible day. May we honor them with our eagerness to work for a world in which our lives are not swallowed up in violence, but in which we are set free to be the people of peace and universal love. And now may the Spirit of God enlighten us, transform us and lead us into the light, into the life in His name. In the name of our Creator, the Son, and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen and Amen.